0: Hi, Claire and James here. Just before we get stuck into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know the exciting news that the Midlife Reset Audit is now live. This is a first-of-its-kind personalised diagnostic tool designed for midlifers by midlifers. In just three minutes, the audit will help you pinpoint what's really holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife, and most importantly, provide tailored strategies on how to take back control. Midlife doesn't have to be a time of uncertainty. It can be an era of growth, discovery, and well-being. So to go ahead and take the audit, go to the midlifementors.com forward/ audit. In this episode, I'm flying solo as I talk to therapist and author James Hawes about the emotional lives of men, what we keep hidden and why, and what we can do to manage our emotions more successfully and be more open. We also talk about communication in relationships and how both partners can play a role in facilitating both better relationships and increased intimacy. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm James Davis. And I'm Claire Davis. We're the Midlife Mentors, here to lift a lid on how to achieve health and happiness. The balanced, no-nonsense way. Hello and welcome to the Midlife Mentors podcast. This week, we're joined by a special guest, James Hawes, who's written a book, The Secret Lives of Men. Welcome, James. Uh, thank you. Glad to be here. So, James, your book, The Secret Lives of Men, um, could you just tell us a little bit, maybe, about, about your background and what prompted you to, to write this book and delve into this area of, of male emotion?
1: Sure. Yeah, so um I work as a counselor and psychotherapist. Um with 95% of my clients are male, which is kind of quite unusual in the psychotherapy area. Um so I started to set up certain groups for men, men's groups, some um, groups around anger and started to be really interested in um what was happening to men in terms of their emotions and what was going on inside their head. So I'd often started out asking men, uh, you know, the classic question, how do you feel? And I was getting kind of six words back, you know, okay, not bad, fine, all right, normal. And that's all they had. And uh, I, I thought, well, actually, um, that's not really kind of that helpful in terms of, you know, the, the feeling kind of spectrum. So I then sort of said, well, actually, perhaps a lot of men live inside their heads. Um, They don't actually know how they feel. And in terms of with their partners or their wives, often women, um, if they're in a heterosexual relationship, have no idea what is going on inside of his head um, or what he's thinking, because men often, not always, don't talk about how they feel so there's kind of a a mystery and uh, that's the kind of sense of where the secret lives of men came from
0: uh it's really interesting you say that and i'm I'm smiling to myself as you say it because i I know actually it's what you're saying there is true but what one area we work on when we're coaching with our clients is exactly communication and and Mm. taking the role of assumption out um particularly in a relationship um and we do that. We illustrate that with, with a meme. I don't know if you've seen it. There's a couple sitting on a sofa uh, and the woman is there going, oh, I wonder what he's thinking about. I wonder if he's thinking about mm-hmm. some other woman. The guys are there going, I wonder why the motorbike wouldn't start this morning. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, James, why do you think it is that men are not so good at, at kind of being open about their emotions, their emotional state?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it's kind of the way that we have, if you want, been constructed. Um, I, I talk about in the book about, you know, how men are made, if you like, or how boys are made. And I think we learn the lesson very, very early on uh, as a small boy um, that we should not express our vulnerable feelings. So the classic big boys don't cry. I always remember my lad when he was seven. You know, I thought we'd been quite emotionally connected with him. He went to school and he learned very early on at school, if he fell over or and hurt himself, that he learned, I must not cry. I must not show that I'm hurt. Because if he did, he's gonna get humiliated by things like girls, you know, worse, you know, crybaby. All those things were going to come his way, and so even at that age, I think boys learn to put on a kind of psychological armor, um, and they kind of have to toughen up and get strong. And and what I how I describe that is that I think men have boys and men have kind of been traumatized through emotional restriction and so we've kind of learned you don't express vulnerable emotions and the emotion that we're generally left with is our default emotion which i think is true not for all men but but for many is anger
0: Mm. it's it's fascinating hearing you say that because i can relate to my own upbringing um i i went to like an all boys boarding school at a very young age okay uh, and of course, like a uh, t- total male environment where mm. you you just don't show any emotion to know, Showing any kind of emotion is, is pounced on as weakness. Mm. So I can definitely mm. resonate to what you're saying there.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so what what advice would you give to men who? Uh, why why should men feel? That's a question. I'm gonna turn around <laughs> on you. So if they if they've uh, worn this armor and been um, emotionally secure by not expressing their emotions, uh, what's what's the the payback for actually like letting that armor down and, and letting your emotions out.
1: Yeah. Well I, well, I think it's, I think it's interesting because I think in terms of if we keep our emotions inside um, somewhere along the life, it's kind of a bit like a coping strategy. It it kind of works for a while. Um, and what I've learned about men, one of the difficulties with what we learn, we learn to, um, deal with our difficult emotions through external comforters and or soothers, if you like. So they they would be classically things like um, sex, um, work, overworking, drugs, drink, gambling, all those kind of things that that a lot of men really struggle with. And because we go to those things to comfort ourselves when we're feeling these difficult emotions. So they're kind of on the external side. Now, If we if we keep going to those external comforters at some point in our life, and this is kind of where I um, see a lot of men classically in midlife, classically where their relationships are breaking down, they're doing stuff outside to kind of look after themselves. And that then, of course, affects their relationship. The other part of that is, if men have got a reduced emotional um, uh, spectrum of, express, of expressing themselves, then in relationships there tends to be a lack of relational growth. And so, relation, I often say, look, relationships end up getting becoming very functional, and we end up losing intimacy, um, and so relationships kind of die and then if you want in terms of classically in midlife what happens in midlife is that sometimes relationships um kind of fizzle out and men not just men women as well but men will some okay I need an external comforter that's having an affair I need a bit of you know energy um, somewhere because that's how I've learned to feel better about myself Um, and so external comforters or you could say self-reliance ends up being unhelpful and unhealthy
0: yeah, I hear you on that. It's it's looking for those external validations and external comforters, yep. rather than doing the hard internal work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is kind of like, I guess, a default position for a lot of people to go to, because it's a lot easier to distract yourself from the internal by doing something external. What, what we always say to people is like that, you know, because we hear this quite commonly, it's like, mm. oh, you know, i'm really un- deeply unhappy where i am but if i got a, a new partner or if i changed my job or if i mm. went to live here they're like well hold on yes you may be happy for a very short space of time but you're, you're just changing the external part there when clearly there's there's an internal part that needs work as well exactly that yeah and james what do you think about um because i've looked into this quite quite a lot it fascinates me um there's quite a lot of research just um men and particularly at midlife and older retirement age suffer as well because they tend to have a narrower social network than women yeah Um, yes that's true yeah i absolutely i think it's it's you know
1: when i work with men in groups and over the years you know men often don't have friends you know they if they're in relationships they often rely on um their partner to do the often the social work in their relationship the relational work and the emotional work and so men really struggle to build relationships now they may have friends from when they went to school or university these old friends they may kind of still be connected with them but creating new friends has has been really difficult i've, I've seen research from you know when men reach 35 they don't create any more new friendships Um, So they end up becoming quite lonely and isolated. And I think a lot of men, actually, if they're not physically isolated, they're almost always emotionally isolated. I often tell the story of, um, you know, you'll get men, even if they if they do have friends um, and they can spend every weekend, you know, playing football or watching football under under the bonnet of their car, fishing together. And in 25 years, they've never said to their mate, their friend, you know, do you know what, Jim, I really like being with you. You know, I really like your company or perhaps, you know, I really love you. you know, I spend all this time with you. We never say it. And so there's a there's a kind of men can think, I'm not sure. I don't know. So when we get men in men's groups, you know, suddenly, you know, men, are, we create an environment where men can talk about their vulnerability, talk freely, talk which men are quite capable of doing. And suddenly they're they're all nodding along, thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I feel. And yeah, I would like to show more intimacy to my male friends, and maybe even my female friends, or my wife, or my partner,
0: and things like that. Oh yeah, no, again, something that definitely resonates with me. And I, I think you know, due to due to my upbringing, I was definitely very emotionally reserved, um, and I've done a lot of work on that. So now, mm. yeah, I love like, giving giving my friends a hug and. Um, Yep. yeah and and doing that hard work has yep. really paid so many benefits for me Brilliant. Um, i guess for our for our listeners uh our male listeners out there that may be feeling you know some of this is resonating with me i, I do feel like i'm i'm a little emotionally closed down and that's impacting my relationship with my friends or my my romantic relationship you know mm-hmm. what what tips could you give men out there to start working on this and start opening up sure well So in the
1: book and one of the key parts of the book um, is what I describe kind of my emotional fitness program. So I often kind of trying to for many years trying to bring this parity between physical fitness and emotional fitness. Most of us will know what we need to do. We may not do it, but we know what physical fitness is, what the components are. Few of us will know what the components of emotional fitness are, and yet we, have, we will be expressing and feeling feelings all the time. And I'd say emotional fitness is like when we are able to feel and express the right feeling at the right time in the right way to the right person. Now, if we're going to get emotionally fit or, as I would say, build emotional muscle, stretch muscles we've not, or that we've not done for many years and do emotional exercise, we need to kind of get some discipline. And so my emotional fitness program, I mean, that's just a, cu- a couple of things. You know, the, the, the first part is that it's a bit like waking up, becoming more aware. Okay. I've got all of these feelings that I'm not kind of connected with. So I often say to men, look, the first part is, is awareness. And that means maybe you need to start in your daily routine, checking in with yourself. Okay, I'm going to have an emotion, just say to myself, sitting on the toilet or whatever, How how am I feeling? I'm going to ask that question to myself, which is a kind of strange question for a lot of us. Um, What's going on in, in there? And I often also say, look, our body and our emotional ones. So start to listen to your body. I often say, look, men beat their bodies, work their bodies, build their bodies. Few of us have learned to listen to our bodies. And there's a lot of information there. And the other little tip on the body thing is to start to notice our face. So I think most of us as men, we've learned to meet the world with a poker face, you know, our default face, our resting face, whatever you want to call it. And I say to men that when you do your check in, you might do go to the bathroom, look in the mirror and look at your face. Is your face telling the world what you actually feel on the inside? and that's kind of called congruence Did your inside world and your outside world match so i would often say to men start exercising your face move it start to move that face in line with perhaps what you feel inside So for me, that idea of checking in is really important. The second part I just say here, James, which I think is really important in terms of if we go back to this idea that feelings are like a foreign language to men, the second part of the emotional fitness program would be something around um, building a word bank. We haven't got an emotional vocabulary. If we've only got six words, we need to enlarge our vocabulary. We need to have more words. So I often direct and there's one in my book to men to you can google this sort of stuff a a feeling wheel get this wheel which has 120 words um feeling words on it and i say look when you check in look at your wheel you can get on your phone and just say okay i've got all these words these feelings where am i let me let me put a label on it let me label that feeling and when we label an emotion That it gives us quite a lot of power in one thing, but it gives that feeling an ability to move and to release because a lot of emotions wants to be moved. The second thing way of using that feeling wheel to build our vocabulary, I say to men, look, take three words off that feeling wheel in every day and try and work those words into your vocabulary as you're talking to your friends to your partner to your children to your
0: colleagues use those words so we're we're building that foreign language oh I love that idea I love that I'm gonna go and google feeling wheel off after this call Uh, and James so while you were talking there something that came came to me um uh, I've done a lot of work on I don't know how, how I interact and, and respond to others, but um, still an area for me that I struggle with is, um, you know, the inner critic, the inner voice. Mm. Mm. Um, what work, because I know for a lot of men and and women, for everyone, that yeah. inner voice can be so cruel and so yeah. loud at times. Um, would you have any recommendations for work that, that men or, or, or women could do there with that
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think you touched on a, on a really important issue that, that inner critic, or you know, that I often call it the inner tyrant. Um, and that, that <laughs> would be that, part, tiring, yeah. yeah. Often given it a name, I think can be useful, you know. Um, and, and uh, that is part of the emotional fitness program. It's the last part, which is I would say, how do we develop um self-empathy, compassion, if you like, self-love? And 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 for me, one of the things that I have worked with in men in terms of um, listening to that inner dialogue or in a chatter, if you like, number one, become conscious of it. Oh my goodness, I've just called myself stupid or I've put myself down. If we, well, as soon as we become aware and we start noticing it, we then give ourselves a possibility of what I would say is capturing it. Let's capture those negative, those critical words we we're, we're you know we're throwing ourselves, and that's kind of saying no. I'm going to capture that, but I'm not. And I'm going to refuse to call myself or put myself down because there's nothing healthy in that at all. Um, and then once we've done that, the practice is, OK, I'm going to start practicing um could be gratitude in terms of to be thankful about things that are going on in my life, but I'm also going to start being a lot more positive about myself. And it's kind of that part, isn't it, about right, letting myself off the hook. You know, when I feel I've, I've not done something the way I would like to do, I, you know, it is what it is. Let me let myself off the hook. And this is a, this is what, and I think this is one of the most crucial and the most difficult emotional fitness disciplines and when we can nail that with there is a kind of real f- kind of freedom because we will go there we i go there i've been there this week you know i kind of give myself hard time oh dear why did i do that i can't believe i did that i didn't put enough time into that and but and that's okay it's going to happen but as soon as we can catch it think okay it's it i've just let myself off the hook you know, that it, 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 I often say it is what it is, it's done, I can't get it back. So stop beating myself up.
0: Yeah, I love that. So so bring awareness to it, recognize it, and then just deal yourself some some self compassion, really.
1: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> self compassion, I think is, you know, we, I think we all struggle that like you say male and female and it is a I, I I can't get away from this idea it is a discipline we need to work into this or healthy habit if you like creating healthy habits um, is really important so it becomes almost like normal and we're just kind of oh yeah okay I'm gonna give myself a little beat in there but I'm I'm gonna it's only gonna be for a minute and then I'm gonna get on with move on
0: fantastic. Um james we've talked a lot there about um the kind of work that individual can do on themselves uh, um obviously we're in a kind of unique situation with these rolling lockdowns we keep getting and uh, yeah. we know from from everything in the media it is putting a lot of strain on relationships because mm. people are having uh, their relationships in a completely different way now um you know they're, they're kind of cooped up at home together um what role can can the partner play in in supporting um their, their man become more open and basically opening those channels of communication and, and reaching harmony.
1: Yeah, well, I, it's it's interesting you say that, James, because I just started to flip back a little bit. The, one of the reasons I wrote this book was for, it's definitely for women as well. And I, to be fair, I think a lot of women will probably read this book as, as much as men. But the, what I was finding when men were coming to me to kind of increase their emotional fitness, if you like, or they were being sent to me by their, or encouraged to come to me by their wives or their partners or their mothers or their girlfriends or stuff like that, men were becoming more emotional fit as in they were they were able to um connect with their vulnerable emotions that be that their sadness their hurt their disappointment their anxiety their shame they were going back home and they were then expressing their vulnerable emotions and and they were being met with no i don't want to hear that you need to toughen up mate now that it, it, so we, we i started to realize yeah. oh that there's a lot of women in relationship want men to become more emotional but then when they are there's they're starting to resist that and and i started to realize what or i started to think about why are they resisting that well and then i went kind of go back to the family of origin and think well most women and men have been brought up with fathers who have been quite emotionally distant quite emotionally shut down or mute so there have this expectation of a man, which would be strong, distant, and you know, um, firm or whatever. And they want, but they want the emotional connection, but then these old kind of rules or expectations are getting in the way. So that for me, it became a blocker. So I would say that if we want relationships to develop both male and female will have to start to work on their unspoken expectations of each other and, and then develop um, work on psychological intimacy. How do, And that means, how do we learn to give each other time to express our vulnerable emotions? Because for me, without psychological intimacy, relationships become quite functional and they don't grow.
0: Oh, some great advice there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all know that communication is so key in relationships. And I always say like, we, we kind of have been raised this environment where, where we sold this fairy tale of, of you meet the person you get together and that's where fairy tales end, but actually, <laughs> yeah, the hard work's just beginning. Um, you know, a relationship requires work and it requires investment, like yep. emotional investment, you yep. know, big time. Um, so yeah amazing thank you for sharing that james no problem um i think we're gonna wrap up there so that yep. was a james hawes and he has his fantastic book that he was mentioning there the secret lives of men and you can find his website it's Jameshawes.org. uh and we'll put that link on the podcast notes as well so james thank you very very much for your time with us and for that Uh, fascinating insight and useful useful tips for for the men and the women out there
1: brilliant well thanks for having me I've really enjoyed it
0: Yeah. you've been listening to the midlife mentors with claire and james davis yeah. we'd love to hear from you so drop us a line at info at mentors.com with any questions yeah. or topic suggestions and make sure you join us on our facebook page and youtube channel you can find us under the midlife mentors yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And don't forget to take the Midlife Reset audit now to receive personalized insights into what's holding you back from living your healthiest, happiest midlife. So go ahead and take the audit now at themidlifementors.com forward slash audit.